Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For a free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan, and with me today, we have Bill Graham. Yes. Oh, Jesus. That, was, that was my worst impression, That's the, but best. So, we'll get into it, but like the, the issue that everyone has with Vin Diesel's deep, gravelly voice is that they try to push too hard with it. You have to let your vocal cords go slack. You know, it's like an untuned G string. I just, you know, I was trying to do a cello thing and now I'm realizing like, I don't even know if G string is the right one I was talking about, but also I just said the word G string on a podcast. So here we are. (laughs) G string. Anyway, uh, Robin Barr is, Robin, Robin Barr is not here today. Instead, we have in her steed, Brett Arnold. Hello. Hello. Uh, give me your. Your image is terrifying. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. I didn't know if we were doing video or not. And uh, I, yeah, I never changed my Zoom avatar from the first time I set it up when I set it up with <laughs> Hellraiser 1, the scariest image from the movie. Yeah, probably. that was that is a choice that you made. Anyway, um, yes. So we are here today with Brett Arnold to talk about uh, F9, the Fast Saga, I guess is the name. <laughs> Yeah, this, this is this is getting quickly to like Twilight <laughs> levels of of subtitles. Well, no, because the tw- the Twilight Saga, you know, New Moon, like that's the thing is like they would always be like, this is the Twilight Saga colon this other title, you know, but like Fast and Furious started as the Fast and the Furious, then it was Too Fast, Too Furious, then it was Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, then it was Fast and Furious, and then it was yes. like Fast Five, and then it was. It really started to go nuts, like, I think, on Fast 6, because they just didn't... It. I remember seeing that movie being like, they legitimately used three different titles in the movie itself. Yes. I believe Fast and Furious 6 says Fast and Furious 6 on the poster. Yeah. But when you see the movie, it says... Doesn't it just say uh, Furious 6? Is that right? I think so, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that we did a podcast about it, and yeah. you can. I know that if we did... I like screamed about the title because I was like, I still don't know what to call it. Well, this one's the most confusing because it doesn't even have a title, really. It's just F9 colon the Fast Saga. And I'm pretty sure it ends with a different title. Like it doesn't even have a title sequence. And then it ends with like, I'm pretty sure it just says FF. I think it just says F9. Maybe it just says F9. Yeah, I saw it today and I couldn't tell you. (laughs) <laughs> and F and and so there was Furious Six or Fast Six or Fast and Furious Six, and then there was Seven, which I don't even remember the name of. It's just Furious Seven, but uh, it's numerical Seven on the poster and in all the promotion. But in the movie, oh right, it's, and then it was written spelled out S E yeah S E V E N in like you know graphics as a car drives by. Yeah, it's pretty cool actually. And then um and then there was Fate of the Furious F eight. Yes, great, great title, honestly. Which, you know, finally they did it. Um, finally. 
and then we have F9, and then we got F10, and then F11 are coming out. So it's bananas. Anyway, uh, Brett, would you like to introduce yourself to our uh, listening audience? Yes. Hello, Film Stage. Uh, my name is Brett Arnold. I am the host of a God, a, a horror movie podcast that's been running for six years now Who? called The New Flesh Podcast, a podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to the horror lifestyle, which really just means anything I want to talk about. Like when I go see fish shows and Umphreys McGee concerts and all my <laughs> bullshit passions that I force upon my listening audience. <laughs> all right. That sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm a big fan of the. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Fast and Furious movies, and I'm glad I was asked to be here because I was one of the lucky, very few people, I would say, definitely very few in New York City, who got to go to these AMC repertory screenings (laughs) of uh, each Fast and Furious movie. Uh, They were they were called Fast Fridays at AMC. Oh my god! For the eight weeks ahead of Fast Nine, every Friday. Oh boy, that is insane. Oh yeah, I was (laughs) there. Appointment television. A hundred percent. And the funny thing was, it was like right when theaters started opening back again. So they were very limited in New York. And not only that, but they were not putting these movies in like the 400 seat theaters. It was in a shoebox theater, which with like (laughs) 30 to 50 seats and it was social distance. So like, honestly, it was sold. (laughs) It it was sold out with like seven tickets sold. (laughs) So it was like, it was really hard to get tickets. But once I figured out when they went on sale, I I, I made it like clockwork and I, I was able to go to everyone except for too fast because I was out of town, but I so I was fully prepped uh, ahead of Fast Nine. But so on your podcast, you you would have been able to talk about uh, Furious Seven because that was directed by uh, James Wan, right? That's right. We did talk about Furious Seven at the time. I was disappointed with Furious Seven. I think I was, you know, going through some stuff with Paul Walker's death, and it was a bummer, and I couldn't get around. Uh, that you know it was kind of a bummer to watch that movie and see how they had to like work around that and i just was distracted i guess because i rewatched it you know at this screening at amc a few weeks ago or i guess like a month ago and i really really enjoyed seven yeah i um, remember yeah. i mean well, <laughs> we are so far ahead of where we should be um <laughs> but i remember really liking i mean first of all i'm one of those people who didn't come to this series until fast five Got it. Because it was just like, yeah, I'm not going to watch a Point Break ripoff. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely not going to watch it now that it's like too fast, too furious. It's like Tokyo Drift does nothing for me. And then I'm just like, what is fast and like, no, screw it. I'm not doing this. And then someone was like, you don't understand how fucking hard Fast Five goes. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, all right, fine. I'll watch that one. And I was like, oh, shit, this rules. Just a symphony of insane action that will never be topped again by this but, franchise. And it's such a jump from what yeah. I had been led to believe it had been previously. And then six, I saw in theaters because I was like, uh, if Fast Five was that crazy, I got to see this and see what, where they go from here. And it didn't disappoint. And then... Yeah, it's got that long train, uh, the long air, the plane. airplane runway. Yeah, yeah that's which right. I wasn't even out of the parking lot when I was like, if you extrapolate... <laughs> <laughs> if they're going let's say at least 60 miles per hour and that scene lasted for 30 minutes yeah it's pretty absurd we were also paying attention to that while we were rewatching it and it's just very funny if you're if you're even clocking that at all yeah. while you're watching it you're like oh god uh this is impressive spacing wise 
Yes. And then, so that was six. And then is seven the one where like they have to, they have to like jump a car out of a building oh, into yeah. another in, building? In Dubai, like yeah. the tallest building, like the Burj Khalifa, they right. drive a car uh, from that building to another building to another building. Yes. And that has one of my favorite lines when Vin finds the car that they're going to jump out of the building. And it's like this really rare, like, I don't know, a Ferrari or whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. And he says like, uh, so it's uh, something about like, hate to see a beast locked in a cage. And it's like, yeah, that's that's what I want from these movies. And the car and, has like a chip in its computer or something that they need, right? Like that's yeah, the whole yeah, deal yeah, yeah. there. That's yeah. the whole deal. All these movies have some sort of uh, glowing orb device. And unfortunately, Fast 9 literally just does that. It just has a glowing glo- orb. It's yeah. a glowing orb. It doesn't it's even ridiculous. care to explain it. it anyway, uh, before we get too far into our review. Uh, <laughs> yes, sorry. I'm just jumping kinda- the gun. I just, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. This is like, for the last, like, I don't know, seven months, right, Bill? I've just been like a morose pile of like suicidally depressive shit. Yeah. And it's just, (laughs) thank you for backing me up. It's just so (laughs) nice to be like, hey, I just went out and saw like a multi-hundred million dollar, like crazy ass action movie. And now I can't wait to talk about how absurd it is. Um so that's going to be fun. Anyway, uh, before we get into that, though, uh, find us on Twitter at Film State Show, Facebook, The Film State Show, email us podcast at filmstage.com. And of course, um, you can uh, give us a comment reading on iTunes. Uh, go to patreon.com slash The Film State Show to give us your money and help to support this show. Uh, for as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our Super Cool Slack channel and first crack at all of our movie raffles. And uh, what else? Uh, don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi uh, every day. Movie, which is a curated streaming service, uh, showcases a brand new film. Whether it's a timeless classic, a cult favorite, or a claimed masterpiece, it's guaranteed to be either a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before, and there will always be something new to discover. Um, they've got great independent and world cinema, and they've got some classics on there, too. I want to highlight two of them, uh, two of their most recent ones, actually. Within the last week, they have released Bad Lieutenant uh, from Abel Ferrara. We uh, talked about the, I guess it's a sequel to that movie, <laughs> Port of Call New Orleans on this podcast not long ago. Um, so if you want to see where the concept of a lieutenant who is not good came from, uh, you can check out that 1992 feature, uh, which stars Harvey Keitel. And of course, every time it shows up on movie, I got to shout it out. It's Princess Sid. I was expecting Bill to shout something there, but he's probably eating right now. uh this independent uh film from stephen cone uh is amazing we've talked about it on this podcast a bunch and i think in our review we actually had uh stephen on uh so go check that out and listen to us we had him later no i can't remember because we 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 had him on and we were just like dude princess sid oh my god but it was amazing, and it was great to talk with him, and it's great to see the movie, and I'm so glad that movie is going to put it in front of more eyeballs. And uh, let's say that you have always wanted to see Princess Sid, but you didn't know where to find it, and you don't have a subscription to movie. How are you going to be able to watch it? Well, i got good news for you. If you go to mubi.com slash filmstage, you get a free 30-day trial of movie. So go to mubi.com slash filmstage, and you can check out Princess Sid today. As well as, of course, uh, Bad Lieutenant and all the other great things that are on there uh, that you can check out, uh, including they still have that Petzl retrospective going on. 
Oh, I just noticed they also have Henry Gamble's Birthday Party, which is another film from Stephen Cohen. So anyway, make sure to check all those out. MUBI.com slash filmstage. So that is that. We are now uh, free to move about the cabin, and we can talk about F9, uh, the Fast Saga. Now I can't even remember what the, 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 the subtitle of this movie is. It's very important. <laughs> F9, <laughs> the Fast Saga. And, of course, here is the trailer. All right, Dom, what's next? No matter how fast you are. I am not too weak compared to you. No one outruns their past. I am more easy, you trying your best to become me. And mine just caught up to me. Been a long time, Dom. So we're up against a master thief. Assassin, high performance driver. Who is he? Jacob is Dom's brother. Oh shit! Jacob's Dom's brother. Um, I just wanted to let the trailer play that long, which is a little longer than I usually let a trailer play so that uh, we can just get rid of the idea that him being his brother is a spoiler. (laughs) Because I know that if I had said that, Bill at some point would scream like, whoa, spoilers. And I just like the threshold for spoilers on this movie cannot be that high. It simply cannot. But anyway, here we are, here to talk about F9, uh, and let's let's talk about it. We start, as always, with our basic spoiler-free reviews. Bernard, what did you think of Fast 9? Um, well, I went and watched it for the second time today because I hadn't seen it since the press screening, which, God, was honestly like three or four weeks ago at this point. Oh. So I felt like uh, I may have come here and just spit a bunch of uh, knowledge about the final purge at you or the forever purge or whatever it's called uh, because I had forgotten everything about F9. So I went and saw it and uh, I just wanted to make sure that my take was the correct one. And I'm here to reaffirm that my two and a half star take uh, is in fact correct. Um, So my analogy that I came up with while watching the movie a second time, um, you guys know how there's like, whenever uh, like a meme or a trend, you know it's officially over when like the New York Times or the cut puts out like an explainer that's like, <laughs> here's what uh, that boy meme means. I love that you went with that boy. <laughs> well, yes, because I could picture in my mind the, the, the cut article that was like, oh shit, here comes that boy. And everyone on Twitter was like, nope, cancel it. Uh, yeah, that boy done. is over. Now, Whatever here's a question you, yeah. before you move on with this. Is yeah. is Vox, are their explainer articles still a little like under the radar? Like if Vox does, is it still OK? Uh, yeah, Vox, that's their wheelhouse. OK, they're yeah. allowed to do whatever they can explain to me, whatever they want. And I, but the and I'm second it's it. in the cut, you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's over. no. The New York Times, anywhere. It's like basically it's like this is now mainstream and we are going to tell the the rubes about it who don't know you know who wouldn't have known about it because they weren't online in the first place to discover it so now it's kind of over so my i say all that to say that this movie um 
I guess it's I'm, just, I'm trying to be spoiler free, so I will try to keep it spoiler free. Uh, it, just the fact that this movie decides to acknowledge the ridiculousness of its circumstances and become self-aware and like wink, wink and nudge, nudge and be like, hey, guys, we're in on this joke with you. It feels the same way to me as the New York Times writing up a meme and me declaring it over. <laughs> like, it's like, OK, um, I was a huge fan of this. And now that the thing I'm a huge fan of is like, hey, there's a bunch of huge fans in the audience. Let's fucking let's let's make them know that uh, we know what they're here for. It's like, I know I know what I'm here for. I'm already here. You don't have to cater to me in that wink, wink, nudge, nudge way that I don't really appreciate, um, which all would have been forgivable if this movie had like the insane fast five level stunts and action that I've come to expect from this franchise. And um, honestly, there's just not that much action in this movie. Like I was actually paying attention to that while I was watching it this time around. And there's that first um, opening action scene, which gets to the action pretty quick. And it's, it's whatever. I don't really think that scene's very good. It has that whole, like Roman is the star of it. And that kind of starts his arc about um, his kind of self-aware arc that I don't really enjoy. That's like a big action set piece. And then, but after that, there's like, honestly, a legitimate hour before there's another big set piece. And in between, it's just like intricacies of this very thrown together plot um, that I don't really care that much about. And the movie cares deeply about and uh, the movie also thinks I need like a full 30 to 40 minutes of like DTV quality Fast and the Furious presents like a prequel style uh, flashbacks that I just never really gelled with at all. And they really just kept going back to it to a degree that I couldn't believe. Um, so I was mostly disappointed with this movie. I found it to be pretty dull and lifeless for a movie that's supposed to just be like bombastic bullshit and uh the bombastic bullshit that is there it is kind of fun but it all just feels kind of like stuff we've seen in other entries like the coolest part is like you know dom like tackling his zip lining brother in midair and it's like that's something that we've seen in like two other entries there's definitely like some jumping through a window tackling somebody shit like it's all just stuff we've seen before and i just want these big stunts to look exciting because I know Justin Lin can set up amazing practical stunts and even the practically done stunts here. Like I watched the making of, and I know that they practically like through a building or through a car, through a building and into that, a truck. Like, yeah. Yeah. Into that truck for the electromagnet scene. But they put on that like digital, whatever you call it, previs like CGI sheen overlay that's mm -hmm. thrown on top of it. And it makes everything look really samey and bad. And it makes all the set pieces to me like pretty unexciting. It also has that like Matrix Reloaded problem of like very rubbery looking CGI people like being thrown around yeah. more so than actual stunt people. And like when it's like, that's not what I'm here for. Like, I understand that the spectacle has to get bigger and crazier. And I am here for that. But these franchise, uh, this franchise in the past has balanced all of these things much more eloquently than they did here. It's just like, this movie wants to do so much. There's so much going on. I didn't need any of the flat, like the whole 40 minutes of flashbacks could be, could have been excised and this movie would be better for it. Um, uh -oh. But yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and stop talking and say that. Uh, so that yeah, my big thing is that this movie acknowledging 
it, the ridiculousness of everything that's going on and becoming self-aware is something I think a lot of people like about this one, but it's something that I fundamentally think uh, like it just kind of cheapens the whole ordeal. And I definitely like was disappointed with this movie. So I, you said two and a half. What is that out of? Is that out of five? That's out of five. Okay. I, I'm using Letterboxd because I'm obsessive about That's it. That's how and, I think yeah. about movies, but uh, like someone on well, Twitter the other Ebert, day. So I was, I, we would think it was like four. Yeah, exactly. I grew up with four. And someone yeah, the other day said like, hey, if you're like doing four stars, and I'm like, first of all, anyone who does four stars is a monster. <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of aping Ebert. You can't do four stars anymore. Yeah, well, for me, I just, I think of things in terms of like, Report cards, right? So, like, first of all, I'm very happy that the film stage does A, B, C, whatever. Yes. Because that helps me more. Because I'm like, oh, if if I had made this movie and got this grade on it, would my parents have yelled at me? <laughs> you know? So it's like, is a C plus bad? Well, you know, depending on how hard it was to pull off, yeah. my dad might have let me slide on that one. You know? Right. Well, that's a perfect analogy because I'm totally willing to let F9 slide with a two and a half or a C plus, you know? Yeah. Uh, and like, I will 100% be, my ass will be in a seat for uh, Fast 10, your seat belts or whatever they're going to call it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love it. Well, I, I forgot. stole that from somebody on Twitter. Yeah, someone on Twitter had said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will be there. Um, they didn't lose any ill, like I have no ill will towards them. I just think... Uh, it just feels it has like a phoned in quality to it that I don't I don't even know if that's the issue. There's just a quality to it that I can't really explain that it's maybe it's just the fact that it's so unwieldy and long and monotonous and has so much downtime in between all the goods. But like, it's really not a f super fun watch. Yeah. All right. Well, Bill Graham, what did you think? <laughs> uh, I was bored. Uh, this this movie was mercilessly long. Um, I did not enjoy hardly any of the set pieces. Uh, th this film treats magnets as a MacGuffin, and uh, it, you know th those are things that actually work in this world, and <laughs> they're just like, eh, fuck it. And uh, I don't know, like this film. It, the last two films, really, and I mean, Hobbs and Shaw, I actually didn't mind that much, but it's it's not a, a good movie. But even Fate of the Furious at least had this sequence with the baby that was just kick-ass. Like, that was a great sequence. And this film just gives me absolutely nothing. Uh, it, all you have to know is that Charlize Theron had white girl dreadlocks in fate and in this movie she maybe she chose this i don't know but it's a fucking bowl cut it's and a you're lloyd just like, christmas bowl cut <laughs> and it's just like what is going say a page on here boy. <laughs> i don't know like and and there's no growth on this fucking thing she definitely filmed her scenes in like three days and oh, so you're just like that's yeah, I think even less than that. Like she's gonna yeah. be like, "We're gonna pretend I'm Hannibal Lecter for an hour, and then I'm you can out knock here. this out in an <laughs> afternoon." <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this this film is just it just shows that this franchise really needs to either wrap itself up or like just get the fuck out of here. Like it it just really needs to have a hard reset 
in some way. Maybe they go back to the racing scene and maybe that becomes something. I don't know. Like, I just don't know where this film series goes from here if it's not a hard reset. And uh, I'm I'm afraid because I... <laughs> like our guest, Brett, I will probably end up watching the next one uh, just out of mainly out of curiosity. But man, the the last three outings on this are just not very good. So, did you say the last three outings were not very good? Yeah, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, Fade. Oh, I didn't even F9. think of Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hobbs and Shaw's really left a bad taste in my mouth. Which is crazy because Hobbs and Shaw independently yeah, are, are two characters I miss deeply from this movie. Yes, right. absolutely. When yeah, uh, yeah. I well, yeah. I can't. I can't. And we're not going to say whether or not they like show up in any capacity. But yeah, you know, they're right. they're not d- giant pieces of this movie, um, both yeah. physically and narratively. <laughs> um, yeah. So I here's the thing. I um. I appreciate these movies on two levels. Purveyors of frankly ridiculous action fluffery, um, but also uh, just giant, massive scale soap operas. Um, there is a level of of self seriousness to this. That so, like when I was a kid, I had a nanny who was Ukrainian, and I don't know if people know this about um, some immigrant populations, but one of the ways that you learn to speak the language is by watching the the television and media. And for whatever reason, um, a lot of them choose soap operas. I think because they are primarily dialogue driven and they are played at such a pitch that you're able to pick up on things on con- in context. Um, so this one loved to watch uh, Guiding Light. And I, as a result, was constantly around when Guiding Light was playing on Mondays and Tuesdays. And... It it reminds me of these movies because like the whole premise is these are people who are interconnected. They are tied together in frankly mind boggling ways. And also no one is ever dead and everyone is constantly in danger of being related to someone else. Um, and I'm, I'm here for it. I like it. I mean, that's why game of Thrones was something that people liked, you know, it was just like, Oh, I think they might be brothers. Ah, you know, who's this secret parent. And so watching this movie, I was super into a lot of what they were attempting to do, but I found that they're, and I think this ties in with Brett said, like, it just kind of feels like they're phoning it in. Like they, they understand what people want, but they don't understand the like level of enthusiasm that people want to be given it with. You know, it's like when you go to a chain restaurant, if, if you're, server gave you the food with the same amount of enthusiasm as it was created in the back room um, with its cynical mercenary edge, you wouldn't go to that restaurant. But like you might go to a Friday's if you know that your waiter is just going to be like, hi guys, like you want some pretzel poppers or, you know, pizza rolls or blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, yeah, like this guy is selling me the experience of sitting here eating this crappy processed food, overly spiced, overly seasoned but like, you know, the music's loud and the colors are bright and this guy is is giving me the energy that I need to believe that this is something good. And I don't feel like Fast 9 or F9, the Fast Saga, really gets there. Um, I think it throws out reality in a way that I don't like in certain places. And honestly, I, I had, we'll get into it more in spoilers, but like I, if anyone remembers hearing me talk about the reason that I kind of think Avatar pulls its punches, 
I I feel the same here. Like I feel like there is a, a level at which they are trying to deny exactly how arch and pulp and soapy they are. Um, and uh, that kind of bugs me. It kind of annoys me. Um, I, there were a lot of ways where I was like, oh, I feel like I love this if this is what they do. And I came up with some like goofy plot point in my head that I was sure they were moving towards. And they just didn't because they were perfectly fine to let certain things be exactly how they appeared to be. And I didn't like that idea. So, yeah, I mean, it's generally a disappointment, but I'm with everyone else here. Like, uh, you know, I'll let it slip by. Like, I wasn't pissed off while I was sitting there watching it. Like, I left the theater. No. And then I came home and I had other shit to do. And I haven't, like, ran around telling people (laughs) how good this movie was. But, like, you know, I wasn't aggravated at spending two hours and 20 minutes in the movie theater with this movie. Yeah. And I brought, like, two big fans um with me to the screening and i turned to them right after and i was like well that kind of sucked huh and they both thought i was nuts (laughs) like they were like oh no that was uh like that delivered what i wanted from it and like afterwards we were talking about like i was talking about where i thought it fell short and you just you know we all like they're everyone's aware of those things some people just don't let like it doesn't bother some people right Mm -hmm. and and for me, any movie like this is kind of like a magic act. Not in like, oh, how do they do it? It's so crazy. But like you have the things that distract you from realizing the very obvious flaws or like loopholes that are being exploited. You know, but I feel like this one, it, again, it's it's just that sense of like, it's a little lackluster. Like it's it's lost its sense of showmanship. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like a it's like a magician who isn't even impressed with himself, you know, He's just like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm weighed the, the contemporary yeah, rings a fucking <laughs> rabbit in my hat. And he just turns the hat over and a dead rabbit falls out. And then he like just waits for applause. You know, it's just like, all right, you're clearly, you know, yeah, there was a dead rabbit in your hat that I didn't see before. But like, you're not this isn't the spectacle that I wanted in the way that I wanted it. Yeah, it's I mean, and to be fair, like they have the bar is very high in terms of like action set pieces in this franchise so oh, like yeah. i don't i don't want to be the guy who has to come up with uh the like globe spanning action sequences that are cut you know there's like a car chase happening where there's a foot chase happening there's a fight happening here i don't want to be the person who has to come up with amazing circumstances like that but it would be nice if this franchise <laughs> thought to have a person <laughs> well you to know do what's, that what's crazy is I, when i was at the beach um a funny thing happens when i go to the beach with my family we don't bring any media with us. We kind of leave it up to the gods. So like the, the beach house we go to has a DVR and, you know, a full cable package. And so like, you know, for, for the, for the hours between like seven and 11 or midnight when we've spent all day on the beach and we're all slightly tipsy and we just want to like sit back and watch something. It's a mix of like HGTV law and order. And then whatever movies happen to be playing that someone happened to notice and then hit record on the DVR for. And Mm. this year, uh, I don't remember what channel it was, but someone was doing like a full recap of the Bourne trilogy. And yes, I said trilogy. I refuse to. You're not going to talk about the chems. Legacy. Yes. And the chems. The chems. Um, (laughs) I need my chems. But yeah, so we watched them and I I remember watching and and still like, you know, the Bourne Identity is still a solid movie. But like those Greengrass ones, like just the the just the foot chases and the car chases, like as as bare bones as they are. And again, there are special effects in there. I know that. But like 
they're they're just they just have like a level of 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 verisimilitude and immediacy and intimacy that makes them thrilling still. And like I was watching this movie and I don't know that during any of the races I was like particularly thrilled and chilled because I was just like, right, I feel like none of this is good. And it, it goes back again to also what Brett said. Like I remember seeing that behind the scenes of them pulling a car through <laughs> Yeah. Through a goddamn building and into a truck. And in And you when never I s- know it. Right. I saw it in the movie cut. and I was like, oh, that was gross. And then I was like, wait, is that the I like, you know, because this movie is supposed yeah. to come out pre-pandemic. So I couldn't right. even remember when I saw that special yeah, effects that, reel. You, that that Twitter clip from like uh eighteen months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, that was that, wasn't it? Because then there was another one I think that um Michael Bay maybe put out. That also was like, you know, just here's a car that's flipping into oh, a group yeah, yeah, of people. Yeah. And it was actually like, okay, that's how it's done. And that'll yeah. probably look great on screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, but like, I was like, oh, right. No, that they did that. But yeah, why does yeah. it look bad? And I just, again, that's, it's that thing. It's like, just the way movies look now, unfortunately. Which is such a bummer. I mean, like, not to yeah. bring up Marvel because God knows we're probably going to have to talk about another one of those fucking things soon. But it is that <laughs> like overly lit, like no one has a shadow like kind yeah. of thing it's just uh it's just aggravating the other problem i think is that this movie was really excited to bunch as many people into it as they could yes and um and they, yeah. they, they don't they don't give anybody anything no really. they, we lose a lot of time and a lot of impact like can i just ask who who were the the women that like team of women they were from mm-hmm. another movie right with, I, with the cameo that that we're not speaking you mean of jordana no, Jordan. No. I know who Jordana Brewster you, is. You're talking about who rest, who uh, jailbreaks Dom at that yeah. one part. Yeah. I, oh, it, that's it's a, her, uh, yeah. It's I a, mean, it's we a, can say it's, it's, a, it's a cameo it's a that it's a it's right. a cameo that has nothing to do with anything. I don't think. I, but, I don't think she's is, was she was she in like Hobbs and Shaw for a second or something. I can't. No, like, I don't so. think so. I Here's don't think. Whole, I think this was a new. He, he, like so, so Fast and the Furious well, colon ladies is coming or something. The the, the last movie or not not the last movie. I think uh, Fast Seven actually mm-hmm. had uh, Iggy Azalea in. That's it. right. She and, was like one of so, the people who starts a race. You know. Uh huh. And oh, so I think they're they're continuing this like thread of. Got it. I mean, I mean, this movie also continues the thread of having scantily clad women, except this time they're fu- mostly fully clothed and they're just dancing for no fucking reason. Oh yeah, and that's, oh, that's just like what is in this what entire is franchise? This? Every movie, no matter how big the scale gets, they're still cut to women with like bikinis on dancing, slow motion dancing music. Women. But like, again, this like, time, while like uh, excitedly awaiting a car race, I was actually deeply confused this time because like he pulls up to that estate and there's the slow motion women dancing, yes, and I was like, yes. oh, it's it's only women. Yeah, is this? I was like, where where did Helen Mirren take me? Right, I was like, does Helen Mirren <laughs> run some kind of like sapphic rave? That's kind of fucking <laughs> awesome, actually. And then I was like, oh no, it's some dictator's son who sucks. Yeah, it's not interesting at all. <laughs> but, okay, so my issue was. So, so and, let's, well, hold on. I just we, I have one question. So you just right. watched all of these, Brett? Like, th- there yeah. is a movie wherein someone uh, talks to a bunch of. It's like a. It's like a group of lady thieves, right? Like, isn't that? Um, I I am not. It's not coming to the top of my head at this moment. My issue all is I, that I, I don't get yeah. so. Th- yeah, there's, I, don't I so. know I saw a movie recently. I think that's Atomic Blonde. I think you're thinking of Oceans 8. No. 
Because <laughs> it was definitely like European. <laughs> One of them is maybe Russian. But so this is the issue is that it's been so long since I've seen that movie, but it's also been so long since I've seen the other Fast movies that every once in a while when I was watching this, I was like, oh, right, 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 the arms dealer. And then I was like, no, wait, no, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Mission Impossible Fallout. Right. It's like yeah. shit. Like maybe that's where I'm thinking of. Like the 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 lady thieves. I just can't. Yeah, no. The lady the lady thief thread was entirely new, and I thought it was a pretty annoying cameo. Like the Iggy Azalea cameo he uh, you mentioned was like unobtrusive in that it's like, well, there's always a girl who starts these races and like says something, and is like hot and like you know starts the race. But in this one, it like you know it she gets like a very important function that's just never you know none of the i mean not that these movies need to explain away every detail like i'm here for the soap opera uh and like bullshit but it's just like it just rings so much like cinematic university bullshit to me where it's like i just i don't know if it's you're right it's probably just a cameo but i couldn't help but feel like okay so we're getting like a spin-off with this character at some point because like they've already <laughs> done that now with hobbs and shaw and i'm like just like my guard is up now <laughs> like, are we going to get a spinoff from those that cameo that Kevin Hart had in Hobbs and Shaw? Well, <laughs> I thought he was going to become to like their female. Q or something. Oh God! I yeah, know. I have no idea. Yeah, we're Is supposed it, to get a female spinoff a little bit, like yeah, in the vein of Hobbs and Shaw. Although I think it's mainly going to follow Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster. Yeah, I'm fine with that. The, yeah. Uh, and it, it, this is something that I heard someone uh, mention was that uh, at least Michelle Rodriguez has like he, he kept terming it uh, fight confidence. And I totally agree with that. Like it feels like she honestly like is in the stunts a lot. And just the way that she just kind of carries herself kind of is believable that she is doing these stunts even and some of these other people just don't really have that and you can just tell like oh, someone yeah. else is doing those you can stunts. tell when vin diesel stunt doubles around you can tell when it's <laughs> cgi rubber man vin diesel it's pretty <laughs> yeah especially in this one which is why i think it's lesser than other ones where the action is better choreographed or i don't even know what but uh justin lynn's a great action director and i think he, if you watch just this movie, you'd kind of be like, that was a shittily directed action movie. And I don't think that director is really worth anything. And I just D know that's not true because he's a great. Didn't he's he done make great the second G.I. Joe as well? Or is that is that Juan? Uh, I'm the kind of second G.I. Joe was that like retaliation. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, because the first was Rise of Cobra. Yeah, yeah I, I love when a like, first movie has Rise in the title. <laughs> I actually like Rise of Cobra, so... No, I think it was actually John Chu who did that one. And John Chu, okay. who just did uh, In the Heights and uh, Crazy Rich Asians, and of course, Gem and the Holograms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Okay. And oh, it was that reminds me, I saw... Reese that... and, and Warnick. Okay. I just remembered that I saw a... I saw like 700 trailers before this movie. I forgot how many trailers they put in oh, front yeah, of movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a half an hour of trailers plus a seven-minute clip from Jurassic World Dominion or whatever Oh, see, I would have liked that. Yeah, I no, I just that. got a bunch of fucking trailers, and one of them was for Snake Eyes, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Henry Golding G.I. Joe spinoff or whatever. Yeah, yeah um, I saw that too. But the, the Jurassic World thing, all that really did was... Uh, like it's so crazy to me that like 
Steven Spielberg's 1993 practical effect, uh, mostly used movie holds up and looks so much better than like a 2021 or 2022 even release mm-hmm. yeah. blockbuster. Like it's not impressive <laughs> anymore. Yeah, you're no, just like, it's... these are all CG dinosaurs. I'm like, I'm watching a desktop screensaver on IMAX. I'm supposed to be impressed. Like, I just yeah. don't, I don't get it. Um, okay. So I think I found it by the way. I think that it was in Hobbs and Shaw because according to yeah, the Vanessa plot Kirby's summary, in there. No, no. So th- I know, no, but Vanessa Kirby oh, is Shaw's sister. So it says, the three managed to travel to Moscow after rendezvousing with Deckard's former flame Margarita to rearm in Moscow. They infiltrate the facility. So I think that's what I'm thinking of. I think Margarita yeah. is like has like a, an old lady assassin team or something. That's the one I didn't rewatch because of how much I didn't enjoy it. So yeah. that sounds right that that's where it would have would have happened. But anyway, so that's oh, another yeah, problem yeah. I just have with this movie. Now that you mention it, I'm looking at the cast list. I totally remember exactly the scene you're talking about. Okay, good. Yes. All right. Because yes. that was going to drive me goddamn crazy. No, yeah, you're right. There's that. a there's a yeah, that's 100 percent a thing. And I'm pretty sure when I reviewed Hobbs and Shaw, I said it's annoying in this movie <laughs> how they introduce these characters that are clearly going for some sort of spinoff. Right. And in this movie, I'm just like, uh, are we doing that? Like, is that that person? I couldn't remember. I just had no recollection. And like, you know, uh, who else have we got in there? We got my boy Shea Wiggum. Couldn't Shea Wiggum with the, with the broken nose continuity, which I love. Yeah, I do like <laughs> that. He's had his nose broken twice in these in these movies. Um, so let's uh, let's 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 pull back. Let's well, not pull back. Let's dive even deeper. Let's get into the spoiler section. Yes. Thank you. Indeed. Um, so you yeah. seem like you you seem like you're raring to spoil something. What do you want to spoil? I don't even know. Um, uh, Han is alive. I mean, that was also in yeah. one of the trailers. Boom. Every twist was in a trailer. That's the problem. Well, I don't usually. Well, for horror movies, my rule is straight up: don't watch trailers, and I don't. Right. And uh, in the in the wearing masks in movie theaters era, it's been helpful. I just throw the mask over my eyes when they come up now. <laughs> um, but this trailer. I mean, how much can you spoil a movie like this? But actually, the answer is a lot because they really want that payoff for Han to be a dramatic moment. And it's just not because we know it's coming. And that action scene that's surrounding it, like nothing that happens in Tokyo is interesting in this movie. It's all just Mm -hmm. like people walking around trying to find other people. Um, It's 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 insane to me how underwhelming like 75 percent of this movie is. Yeah, yeah this, it's 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 really nuts. Just, oh, go ahead, Bill. I've been talking a lot. <clears throat> it, this movie is just like unimaginative and just I don't know. Like it 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 really is frustrating to watch this film and watch some people just kind of shrug and go, "I loved it," and I'm just like, I don't know what <laughs> film you saw. I don't, I just, and and I get it. Like there is this kind of thing where people are like, "Yeah, but like the pandemic is kind of over, at least here in America." Yeah, which yeah. you know, like God bless the rest of the world, but Jesus. Um, you know, uh, I think and, people are. I think you're right. I think people are just excited to be there, which is fair yeah, in I, a way. I guess, yeah. I, and I get that, but I'm also like, my God, people, like, what, what did you watch that, like, I didn't, I didn't catch because I just usually I see these films and I understand what what is happening and why people are still enjoying themselves, and I found none of that present in this film even like 
if a film is self-aware and it's it's kind of poking fun at itself at least when it pokes fun at, at itself it's supposed to be funny and this like isn't even funny like there's a sequence in this film where um Vin Diesel's character like literally starts taking out like guards by the handful and I was just like what the fuck is this movie become? Like, I understand if they want to do that with, with Hobbs, right? Because he is just that big and it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. But then like very notably is not necessarily in the best shape that he's been. I'm not trying to body shame or do any of that, but he is getting older and he is not that, intimidating of a presence anymore especially when they keep putting him next to john cena and all these other people that are very very large and i'm just like okay like what are we doing like at what point did did vin diesel become like this godlike creature in these films and i get it like they've kind of toyed with that a little bit every time he goes you know, toe-to-toe with Hobbs and, and all these other people and whatever. Like, fine. But he just manhandles, like, 25 different guards at a, at certain points in this film. And I'm just like, I don't know what we're doing anymore. And then he falls into a well, which apparently was killing other guards, but him is just like, now it's water. And I was just like, okay... And he very notably like drowns and then wakes up and is like bloodied all over. And you're like, oh, yeah, that, that scene is nuts, Bill, for so many reasons. One of which is that like their their lair gets infiltrated. Mm-hmm. The, the primary antagonists leave and then the heroes make a last ditch effort to live. Yes. And then they try to escape and then. The thing collapses and Letty goes no, back to save collapse. Dom. No, it doesn't collapse. It doesn't collapse. He pulls well, it yeah, down he, like a fucking superhero. Collapse. It's definitely and some he, like Samson and Samson shit. Like, you know, pulling yeah. the things and bringing that. But then, so then she saves him. And where do they go? They go right back to the place that they ran away from, <laughs> which is nuts. Because you'd think at some point the villains who are probably like still boarding their plane would be like, didn't we leave like 20 other guys down there? Shouldn't they have come back by now? Mm-hmm. Like I that's, what that's an described, issue for me. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think what you're talking about is like one of the biggest problems with this franchise and like the loss of Paul Walker is that it just becomes the Vin Diesel show. And yes, like, and it's, it's just yeah. too much like, and, and you know, that, that, what was it? Was it a New York times or a wall street journal article about like the leaked, like, you know, behind the scenes, like yeah. egotism going yeah. on and, and oh, all yeah. of that bullshit. Like, you know, even the fact that, uh, I guess Hobbs and Shaw, a aren't in this film and B like, I, I think, uh, Jason Statham likes, like behind the scenes had like a, a falling out with Vin Diesel. Oh, and everyone who like, works with him probably has some sort of shit to say about like, him. Like he's, yeah. he, who, who was it? Yeah. I think it was, uh, well, we all know about like the feud with him and the rock led to him, like essentially being kicked out of these movies and given their own Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. That's why he's not here. But like, um, Oh, sorry. I just lost my train of thought on that. Um, uh, 
Vin Diesel kind of running over this franchise. Yeah. And having um, feuds. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So him and The Rock, uh, you know, publicly feuded. And then recently it came out that uh, Vin was basically, you know, he's very hands on and like telling basically telling The Rock how to do takes and stuff like that. And like he knows how he wants every shot set up and. And he also doesn't want to like look smaller in the frame than Dwayne Johnson mm-hmm. and like like super egotistic bullshit like that. So like you have to like fans of this franchise, I think, understand that about Vin and like either think it's hilarious or like res- respect it in some weird way and like appreciate it. And like it adds to the value of the <laughs> enjoyment of the movies. But in this one, uh, I think it, it finally for me reached the point where it's like, OK, Vin, like I don't need the 40 minutes of backstory about you and your brother that you just made up. But also I'm surprised that Vin was a, like allowed somebody to play young him. I'm shocked that he didn't just like play himself like pen 15 style. It. Yeah. Like I'm it. a child. It's me. I'm a baby. Just talking like Beck Bennett or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know what you're saying about the Vin stuff. I think that's like a big problem with it. It's just, uh, Vin is like the shepherd of these movies now and like what he says goes so like that's what we're kind of subjected to um, like I'm just trying to think of all the action set pieces in this movie because it's mostly that uh, Edinburgh uh, electromagnet disrupting security system and like grabbing stuff and then we get the big final set piece which is just more magnets <laughs> so it's well, just it's, it's, they're they're it, it, the way that they use the magnet is truly like it for like when i watched luca and i thought they were just making one joke about a vespa and then it turned into <laughs> like the driving emotional through line of the movie it's like that with the electromagnet in this i was like oh that was a cute thing to use for one like set piece oh they're using it for another sets piece oh they've now broken it up and they've put it into three different cars <laughs> like wow yeah no it's really like they uh, the knocked up scene. They're doing the dice thing too much. Yeah. They're doing the magnet thing too much. It's all they got for this one. They couldn't <laughs> think of anything else. Uh, I mean, yeah. e- even this film, you know, it, it's this film franchise really started as like, you know, and I, I don't want to rehash all of this stuff. Uh, I'm sure other podcasts, you know, I've listened to quite a few that have kind of gone gone through and been like, hey, remember when they were stealing like VHS players and, and right, <laughs> TVs? Like, like TV, yeah. VHS combos is what they were yeah. stealing in one of them. Like the wild, things. wild yeah. shit. Um, but like it used to be about street racing and it used to be about these cars and just like, like showing off like what these cars could do. And it was having fun with that. And that was always kind of my initial draw and interest. Like I actually really like the first fast and the furious and it's great. It holds up great. And like the fact that someone is driving a delivery truck and pretty much runs down like a I think it's a Jaguar or something like that it's like a souped up car and you're just like what like at what point is this even okay like I, I thought the cars were supposed to be the main show and now you're telling me like this delivery van driven by someone that has never driven before driving <laughs> a manual vehicle yeah. is now able to outrun a sports car and I'm just like 
at, at what point did we just give the fuck up? I don't know when. And yeah, then the final set piece. Here. The final set piece is this giant thing titled The Beast. And you're just like, what the fuck is the beast? There's no like download of like why this car is special or like what it does. But my God, they throw anything and everything at this thing. And finally, their like solution is that this thing is like a it's not a turtle. What what is what is like exposed on the belly? Um I can't remember. There's there's several creatures like this, but like they're like, okay, let's just flip it over, and then it's exposed, and then we can like do damage to it. And it's like, hold on, do you not live in a world where there's things called IEDs and things like that? Like, of course, it's gonna run over something and have an explosion underneath it. Like, of course, they would reinforce the bottom of this thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, but no, we're just going to flip it. And then when they flip it, it continues to hurtle down this mountainside yeah. at like 100 miles an hour. And you're just like, uh, I. There's no stopping this like, train. And I'm just like, I don't get any of this. Like, it used to be fun and silly. And it was more fun than silly. And now it's firmly gone into not fun, just silly, just stupid, and just doesn't make any logical sense anymore. And I'm just, I'm like, I can't watch set pieces like this that like either become superheroes, right? Fine. Or like bring it back down just a tad. Like I just, I don't understand this and like that set piece i know that some people are going to be like well that that set piece wasn't that bad like yeah but it also lasts like 25 minutes and it's just like so it wasn't a good set piece and it lasts 25 minutes like i was i i seriously hardly ever do this with some of these action blockbusters but i was looking at my watch and being like what time is this? Like, yeah, I remember going in and th- and remembering that it was two and a half hours, and I think I had just watched Fate, and I think that movie is n- not even like pretty much about the same runtime, and it feels like it's an hour less. Like it feels yeah, like no, it's, it's a very it's, it's a very unwieldy movie. It's because the balance is just way off between all the insane bullshit you're talking about, which would be fine if it was more compelling, but it's just like the, the, yeah. So like that insane bullshit, there's not enough of it. And there's so much just, God, I can't get over the 40 minutes of young Dominic Toretto that has the cadence of like a fucking porn parody. It's like, it's also very weird to see like, just like that scene where he, I mean, he meets the, what the Manny and the other guy who haven't been in a movie since like the fifth one or something. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brazilian <clears throat> brothers or whatever. Yeah. So he meets them yeah, yeah, in yeah, prison. Yeah. And um, but then like he gets out, it's he just, goes to a car race. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say that stuff is all falls under like this is stuff that this is like everything I hate about prequels. And yeah. like, why is Fast 9 so dedicated to being a prequel that nobody asked for? Like, it's really shoving the prequel stuff down your throat. Like, oh, remember this offhanded line from the original The Fast and Furious about how Dom beat somebody with a wrench? Well, we're going to give you 30 minutes of backstory about that and make it the 
the backbone of this movie's plot line. Like it's it's just like ludicrous. And shit. the other weird thing is like, well, first of all, again, just like when he goes under that bridge and he's like, you know, I'm going to race you. Um, it's weird to see like Letty and Mia there also. Yeah, I'd just be like, all right, so we've got like youngish looking brunettes. I don't know which is which, but I know that that must be them. Well, yeah, I mean, Jordana Brewster gets screwed over in the in the backstory because like, why wasn't she more active if uh, in like, I guess it's funny that they even do that, like like you mentioned. But I feel like, uh, yeah, the backstory is really just a, a, a Dom Toretto show, really. Yeah. And so it yeah, it's not great. Here's my here's my problem though is that um, so I know that this movie like it can't let anyone stay a bad guy and it can't let anyone stay dead. That is becoming an issue when it, it used to be awesome, right? Now right. it's becoming difficult. Like you know you yeah. you you had Letty come back, that's cool. Yeah, and then she had amnesia, but like now it's basically forgotten. That right. like that happened. They have like yeah. one line about it in this movie. Right. But you know, that's that's fun. Like I like that. That's cool. And but then you have Han come back in this movie, and it, it it's it's just even just from like a an oh shit emotional standpoint, it, it doesn't get to land because he's not coming back as like a a guy we all love. He's coming back as a guy who apparently before he even faked his death was already like a weird super spy who was keeping secret a a like an eleven like year old girl. Protégé. Yeah, that whole thing is all that's a pretty egregiously stupid retcon. Like whatever they needed to bring Han back and I appreciate it. But like I don't even care if that's how they were gonna do it. Just give us a scene where Han does anything. Right. Like instead we have him like the the sniper intro reveal, which is like played as if, ooh, who could this be? And it's like, we all know it's fucking Han. This is stupid. Yeah. And then there's, I can't think of another thing that Han does because he doesn't do anything. Right. No, he, he, he eats some peanuts. I mean, yeah, he, no, right. I thought it was a thing of goldfish. Yeah, okay. whatever. And I thought it was even funnier <laughs> because I ate that same bag of goldfish before I went to see <laughs> ah. this movie. Because um, I ate like a very small turkey. I was like, all right, the movie's at 530. It's 515. I got to get going. I'm going to eat a turkey sandwich and I'm going to powerhouse this bag of goldfish on the way to the theater. And then Han wanders in <laughs> eating my bag of goldfish. You're like, did I leave that in the car? Did you grab it? What's going on? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, but so the issue for me is let's let's talk about Jacob. Oh, so yeah. Suddenly Don John has Cena. a brother. Yeah. Uh, which is Jacob. Tur- Dr- Jacob Toretto. That's how Helen Mirren would say it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way anyone should say it. Yes. So first of all, Charlie's there and has to deliver a line of like, uh, okay, so what the shit? Oh, you- I wrote it down. Hold on. I have it. I know that the Toretto's are like a muddled bloodline, but I didn't expect to see Nordic in there or something. Yeah. it's. I know the Toretto's have quite the mixed bloodline, but I never expected a Nordic strain. <laughs> but what's also weird is like, I don't even, who, do they have the same mom? Like, yeah. cause why are we talking? You well, like, the, uh, that, that's coming in tin. Come on. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing is like, I, the other, okay. So the other funny part about that is I had just literally like three days earlier sent in my and my dog's DNA to get tested. It'd be funny if they mixed them up and you're like, my dog's an Ashkenazi Jew. Oh what? my God. What? <laughs> I have a Shetland sheepdog. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, no, I, I literally thought about, and like, it's impossible like to put them in the wrong box or something, but I was just like, there's like, you know, how is this? This is like the uh, beginning of a, a movie. Good, it's a good sitcom premise. Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's the beginning of a terrible like nineties movie where it's like, Oh no, I sent my DNA in and I figured while I was doing mine, I might as well do the dogs. It's like later on at the laboratory, you know, the assistant, I'm, I'm, I'm logging off to start my screenplay right now. <laughs> I expect a story by credit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I can't even. I can't even remember what I was going to say. Now. All right. So, like, <laughs> Sorry, first of all, it's bad. it's weird that she's talking about it as though she's talking about a dog and not a human being. Um, yes, it's a weird line. That again, that's another one of those like self-aware. Ha ha. We're making fun of the fact that uh, isn't Vin Diesel? Wasn't he? Is he supposed to be like Dominican at some point? I th- he like franchise? went to the yeah, Dominican he, Republic, right? And he speaks yeah. every language, and he has yeah, a lot unclear. of friends in it's Cuba. It's unclear on purpose. Well, f- yeah. Fate starts in Cuba, right? Yeah, and with the great like, scene and- with like the worst car. You know what? The more mm-hmm. I I used to not like Eight either, but after rewatching it in a the theater, man, it uh, it's kind of great. And uh, at least that movie has a lot of bullshit in it and a lot of downtime. I don't I don't like and a lot of like I thought Shirley Theron's a pretty boring villain. But what that movie has that this movie doesn't is like at least it pays off with the action. Like at least it has mm-hmm. action scenes that I remember. Like this movie I've seen twice now and I am straining to remember the action scenes because there's only three of them, really. They're just not any good. <laughs> They're not any good. Yeah. And like there's three of them. One of them, as I already mentioned, is like a chase through the jungle. There's landmines. Uh, they're investigating a downed plane of Mr. Nobody, which is like hilarious to see like the Fast and Furious crew like going through the wreckage of a plane. Like I did enjoy that. So that's like we're like getting so caught up in stuff. I haven't even brought up the thing that I had. But so so yeah, yeah, it's weird that they're like Oh, the plane went down and we've got to go check it out. I'm like, isn't he yeah. like a sort of CIA spook kind of guy? Like, shouldn't they be going? And then yeah, they go. Like how they're like, he only told us. Right. And so they go. And then the plane happens to have landed amongst some like Mayan ruins or something. And they're looking around and they're like, hey, yeah, I don't know where he is. And it's like, there is not a body to be found. And like, apparently the military is doing patrols. So why would they think that they might even find him? And then just. You know, again, we're in the spoiler section. At the end of the movie, we still don't know what the fuck happened to him. Nope. Yeah, no, it's on. It's completely. It's not like he fucking vaporized. You know, like we see Jacob tackle him, and Dom doesn't even say like, "Oh, hey, well, by the way, where's Mister Nobody?" <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean by it's so poorly thrown together, and at the same time, it's so involved in showing you like how plotty it is. But then when you step away from it for a second, you're like. None of this is anything. <laughs> There's nothing here at all. And we, you were trying to talk about uh, Jacob. And Jacob, Cena is kind of out of, his, out of his depth here. I think he's a good actor. He can be. I think he was great in, what, Blockers? Uh, he mm-hmm. can be great. But he's got to just, you know, do a scene across from Charlize Theron, which is not a thing I would want to do yeah, if that's I were like uh... a, a meathead uh, like him. And he doesn't offer, he doesn't add a lot. He doesn't really add anything. He's just like another insert random villain here, which is fine. But like this movie's, I never really cared about the villains in these movies, but they're all better than this one. (laughs) And uh, I just think, yeah, every, every part of this movie is, is lesser than parts of it. Parts that I enjoyed in other movies. I have, so I, I have a question. Again, I still haven't gotten to my point about John Cena's character, but I have yes. to ask this now. Didn't they bury Han? 
Yeah, there's definitely a funeral scene. Like, like there's you a get into charred, shit. stolen yeah. corpse buried yeah. somewhere under Hanvey. If you start parsing that, uh, we'll be here all night. Like, it's this... Right. I just whole, I don't yeah, like the way yeah. that they they just have like him disappear from the car like it's 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 incredibly yeah. lazy and again what I like about this well, movie is that they don't have Letty come back and be like oh yeah oh I just what a world like I'm back they're like oh she's been uh, amnesified and she's now working for the enemy and she's like maybe the lover of that guy I can't remember yeah. fully but like yeah. there are some stakes to bringing her back and Han's just like. Yeah, I just Hans, pretended to be dead. Um, I was, oh, yeah, exactly. And and it also, it raises the question of like, I think you already mentioned this, but like, basically it's like, okay, now anything's game. Like, why wouldn't Gal Gadot come back for 10? Right. Like, mm-hmm. She fucking, she died in the lamest way in a Fast and Furious. Like, she literally just like falls off screen in a way that is very easy. Okay, but see, what's crazy is that when that happened, I remember people in the theater like gasping because, oh, yeah, me too. Because very we dramatic. loved her character. Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, the same then, thing with Han. Right, yes. exactly. And Han dies in that movie before anyone even knows they love Han. Exactly. You know, exactly. or for the reasons that they should love Han. But right. so it's just weird to me that like they don't say like they like, have him explode. Like maybe do that and then be like, oh yeah, I was picked up but like because I was such an extremely valuable asset, they like, you know, advanced experimental skin grafts, blah blah blah. Here I am. Like and you're like and then maybe just like have him like roll up a sleeve to be like, you know, they couldn't fix everything and he's charred and shit, you know, like really lean into the soap opera aspect of like, there's a consequence. That was my here. twin brother. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, there's yeah, one thing that bothered me the most that I'm sure we're going to get to, but I just wanted to get that before I forget is that um, the movie does this thing where it ends with like you you know basically in this movie you have to remember we know the audience we know paul walker the actor is dead correct but yeah. in the in the fast and the furious movie. movies yeah in these movies you have to remember that brian is not dead which is i i understand why you're confused because fast uh, fate of the furious ends with vin diesel naming his child brian which doesn't make any sense in the universe where Brian is just not invited to the heist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like, like, oh yeah, my friend, it's like if my, fr- like, you know, I have my baby and it's like, I'm yeah. going to name you for that one guy I don't see anymore because he also has a child. Yeah. Because he also well, has a child I, I, and therefore we won't see each other because I, I, I think, do dangerous I th- shit. I think my argument in that movie was y- like, everybody knows what you're doing here. Yeah. Name him Paul. Like yeah, just it, don't yeah, do that would have been right. actually a better. You, you are right. You are very. Like, that's a very just smart name him Paul. Like name it, him just, Paul. It, it's a wink to the audience that is like doesn't fuck muck up your like Brian's not dead thing. It would be funny yeah. if it would be funny if uh, Mia comes into this movie and like you know Vin brings up like oh yeah little Brian and Mia says something like you know uh, my Brian still thinks it's a pretty cheap move for you to try to emotionally exploit him into naming our next kid Dominic yeah like I would love to throw away like that's a throwaway self-aware line I would like I think I'm right. really and that's, and that's the level of, of like you know it, that's not great writing like I'm not patting yeah. myself on the back and naming myself Tolstoy but like that's just yeah. the type of thing that I think would work now here's the other thing alright I need to get this off my chest because it's been annoying yes, yes. If anyone has listened to this podcast before, you may remember me at times talking about my problem with the movie Avatar, which is the entire movie is predicated on this guy, Jake Sully, had a twin brother 
who is an egghead, nature-loving, you know, the beta male soy cuck, whatever, you know, guy who loved the Navi and wanted it to work. And, and he gets like murdered, right? Like in a, in a mm-hmm. like wallet heist or something like a pickpocket or a street thief, like, you know, just kills him in a mugging. And, oh, wouldn't you happen to know the one scientist with a twin who is genetically perfect matching can inhabit the avatar that was created so that he could do his peacenik mission is killed. And his brother happens to be a former Marine who can easily be exploited because he doesn't like the fact that his legs don't work anymore. At the end of that movie, there 100% should have been a moment where Quaritch says, I killed your brother because I needed you in that, in that, you know, avatar because I knew I could trust you or like you'd understand, or I could like pay you off. Right. It just like, I spent the whole movie waiting for that. Just (laughs) be like, all right, just tell me you killed his brother. I need that to happen. And it didn't happen. James Cameron needed you at a test screening. It could have changed everything. Right. And I even remember in the movie being like, oh, this is it. This is the scene where he says it. You know, because I need it's so stupid if it's just like lightning striking 17 times in the same spot. It makes so much more sense if it's a little twist that just makes Jake Sully even more mad and want to murder that guy even more. And the guy's already so cartoonishly evil. Like, why not? Why not add that level of like B-movie pulp nonsense? And it's because James Cameron takes himself too seriously. But anyway, in this movie, I had the same issue. Because every time Vin Diesel and Dom, or yeah, all right, I'm just going to use their character names. Every time Dominic Toretto faces up to Jacob Toretto, yeah, Jacob's like, this is my world, Dom. Like, you can't, like, this is, get out of my way. Stop doing it. This is my world. I know what's going on here. You'll never defeat me. And I just kept waiting for the moment when you'd find out that Jacob wasn't tackling Mr. Nobody to kill him, but to, like, rescue him. And that he was undercover and that his whole reason for trying to get Dom out of there was because he knew that this was a high danger thing and he didn't want his brother in harm's way and that he was eventually going to be like, you fucking idiot. I've been undercover and I've kept trying to wink, wink, nudge, nudge, get you the shit to go away because (laughs) I knew that to keep my cover, I'd have to almost kill you. And I didn't want to do that. Oh, also, dad you know, was throwing the race, even though I don't understand how that's going to get him out of debt. I feel like winning the race would be how you get out of debt, but that's another story. And it just annoys me that at the end of the movie, Vin Diesel's like, you did in fact kill dad. You have in fact tried to kill my wife and me and Mr. Nobody and a bunch of other people, but I'm going to let you go. Because it's family. Yeah. It's family. It's family, but like, what, like you, the, the whole point of this movie series is that none of these people, except for Dom and Mia, are like blood related. Yeah. <laughs> blood isn't family. Family's family. Right. Like That's, you make your own family. Yeah. You know, the man who hands you a Corona is your brother. Just because you came out of the same mom doesn't mean you're brothers. Even if they didn't come out of the same mother. Again, I have no idea what their family tree looks like. Um, but it's just, like, I don't know. It just annoyed me that like, if we're doing this and if we're gonna, you know, if we've, if we've already, if we've, if we've now turned the rock and Jason Statham into, and I guess, you know, uh, Helen Mirren into good guys, 
Like, you can't just have Jacob come in being a bad guy who then sort of becomes a good guy. You have to make the twist that he has been a good guy all along. Sure. You know, yeah. you have this, to you have to you have to turn it on its head a little bit. Yeah. You can't just keep playing the same tune. Like, because yeah, as soon as as soon as you know you know that he is Dom's brother, you're like, well then he's joining the family. Like, no duh. You know? And it, it would it would be much more interesting if, yes, he was always joining the family and he was yeah. always a good guy instead. I think, and instead it's like he just kind of gives up. And gives up the little brother complex, and you're just like, what? Well, the other like, issue no. is that, like, you know, it, he, the Otto, uh, who we haven't talked about at all, uh, who is apparently like the son of some sort of insane kleptocratic dictator, yeah. um, who we never meet, um, but who wants to rule the world because he's tired of living in his father's shadow. Um, he he sends Jacob up to the roof of this car. Cause that's where the satellite link is, which is fine. This is a dumb action movie. I'm cool with that. And then he's like, Oh, all right. I'm going to send my toughest henchman up there to murder this guy now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the reason is that he has like teamed up with cypher. Yeah. And like, I guess cypher doesn't like Jacob for some reason. What, again, what I was expecting was, Oh, I teamed up with Cypher and in hacking, you know, Mr. Nobody's whatever so we could, you know, launch the Ares, she found out that like you you're like a triple agent status or something. And so we know that you're a mole and we know that you've been trying to sabotage us or something. But instead it was just like, no, she just fucking doesn't like you. Yeah, the thing about this movie is it spends all this time like spinning its wheels with giving a character giving characters what you think are like emotional and compelling backstories. But like none of it adds up to anything and all it does is eat up screen time. Like like, for example, here's a thing that I, I wish this movie did. Like if you're going to do the whole Brian's not dead thing, which is like whatever. But if you're going to do it, um, you could like set it up. So there's like a parallel with Vin Diesel wanting to stay home with his kid like and have it have there be some sort of dramatic tension because the movie's just really not acknowledging that Brian's not there. But like if they wanted to be like, no, Brian's working with his staying with his family. It's a deliberate choice. Instead, Vin's like, no, things change. I won't help you. And then he finds out his brother's the one involved and he's he's there at the first mission. So it's well, like he also everything is just like it's just like half measured bullshit. He also does he also figure out that Han did something because he has that postcard. Yeah, Which I, I thought the was about the is, cross. Is, I, but I think the postcard <laughs> indicates to him that he's alive for some reason. I wasn't super clear on right, that. but he only figures out now, and also it's got like a cross on it that sort of looks like his necklace. And I couldn't yeah, figure the fact out what that he that's finds out that Jacob's involved by just like scanning the video and finding a cross on his neck is so fucking. Funny. Yeah, like why is Jacob still wearing <laughs> that? It's it, yeah, it's, it's also that's it's just the most I obnoxious like. looking cross necklace. Um. My other okay, this is a stupid thing that I shouldn't even bother bringing up because it's not as important as like my questions about Jacob or or any other narrative thing. But it's just funny to me that so Letty's like, oh hey, kid. like well, first of all, I forgot that he, the baby is not hers. I forgot that it was it was I think it was the um the Brazilian policewoman's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. who gets shot in the head like mercilessly? Yeah, in the, straight up in the eighth one. fucking wrecked. Anyway, um, so I forgot about that. But then she walks in and she's like. Hi, baby Brian. 
uh, here's a cross your dad gave me, and this is me passive-aggressively telling him to go fuck himself. I'm going to go maybe die. <laughs> and then... And then he's like, all right, I'm going to like put my three-year-old kid to bed and I'm going to go figure some stuff out for myself and then I'm going to show up at the airport. And then, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, a couple days later, Mia shows up and she's like, you know, uh, your kid and my kid are in the safest place they can be. And, you know, Vin Diesel like looks confused and she's like, with Brian. And I'm like, wait a second, where the fuck did Vin Diesel think his kid was? <laughs> Yeah. Where was the child? Know, with with Hel- Helen Mirren probably has her. <laughs> I just was like, or Shaw. Out. Or Shaw. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Shaw did save the baby from an airplane. So. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would be funny if that was his job. It's like, hey, you're the only guy I trust to watch my kid. It's like, God damn it. I saved your baby <laughs> from like, an airplane like once and you won't let me get out of here. Yeah. It's, it's $20 an hour and a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, twenty dollars okay. an hour is like the going rate for babysitting nowadays. Do y'all know that? No, I that's wild not. though. It's Inflation, man. That's yeah. more than I made coming out of college. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Minimum yeah. wage for me was like six bucks or something. Yeah, but you know what? I care about my kid a lot more than I care about my coffee, so it makes sense. <sighs> Actually, uh, I don't even know why I said okay. that. I don't even drink coffee. Um, <laughs> so, so we we have to address the uh, elephant in the room, which is. The space sequence, the goddamn space sequence. Oh, I was going to say the fact that we still at the end of this movie don't know if Mr. Nobody's alive or dead. Yeah, Uh, not important. That's the thing. That's pretty much the movie starts with like, oh, no, Kurt Russell might be dead. And Vin Diesel being like, I think we've only had him for one movie. I don't really care that much. Yeah, (laughs) we don't care. Yeah, the space thing is annoying. What happened to Clint Eastwood's son? (laughs) The space thing is another one of the victims of what I was talking about earlier, where it's like, this is the movie directly addressing the audience, like, head on. Like, everyone is joked in the press and and just on social media. Like, it's become a running joke that, like, what could this franchise possibly do next? Go to space? And, like, they took that challenge in the lamest way possible. And just, like, it feels like a tick, like, a they're just ticking a box rather than, like, coming up with an incredible space sequence we're going to remember it's instead treated like honestly it's comic relief it's like a laugh line and like it does get a laugh and like it is such a moment in the in that sequence that works and i think it works in the sequence and i'm it's a funny moment but boy was i ultimately underwhelmed that like oh they went to space and that's all they thought to do like i'm impressed that they worked in the you know tokyo drift boys into that uh storyline i thought like it was actually pretty clever I yeah. just wanted it to be more. It just felt like, okay, we got to do this because people want it. Here you go. Yeah, it, it felt it felt very, like you're saying, kind of a, a check check the box kind of situation where they didn't weren't clever enough to really kind of think think a way through. And, you know, they even have like this drama of like, will they take out the satellite in time and, and all of this stuff. And it's just like, Really, in a Pontiac Fiero, and you're just like, this is the route we're going, and then they end up blowing up, or they end up inflating because they have to get out of the Pontiac Fiero because you know it's gonna yep. run out of uh, oxygen, and so when they see them, the space station 
astronauts look at them. And of course, we all have to remember now that this film is made by Universal, who also owns the uh, Minions franchise. And so they put the product placement right front and center right at the end of this movie. And I'm just like, oh, really? I didn't even put that together. I just thought that was actually like kind of a funny thing for them to say. Nope. It's definitely because Universal uh, <laughs> distributes those fucking movies. Do they? Okay, because so. that's that's Illumination, right? Mm-hmm. In- entertainment yep. or whatever the fuck. That's the same people who made Sing 2, right? Uh, yes, who also have a trailer before this film. Oh, yeah, I, I, um, I hated Very that. Very chilling. Very chilling. That, like, I, yeah. like, felt my soul leave my body through my eyes as that fucking that trailer movie played. made me want to never have kids sing my daughter liked sing for one day and i almost th- threw her down a well that's a really yeah. cruel thing to say no more, i would no never harm for me my child but uh she tested my life when she started liking sing for a day um yeah, those bastards at illumination are up to it again right so now i don't even let her know that movies exist that i don't want her to see um smart but, and sing too i saw that trailer and i was like oh my god they're they're doing more of this like but i guess like yeah if you've got a bunch of A-list celebrities who happen to sing decently and you've got, you know, Universal's music collection or whatever that you can pull from, you know, and you somehow talk fucking Bono into playing an aged lion whose fucking wife died of cancer or some shit, like... I don't even know what that movie is. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never seen any of these. I'm assu- Well, that's the thing. I've never seen the second one, but I'm assuming that Bono is pl- like, the, you know, he's like, oh, I don't play my songs anymore. And then you see like a picture of his wife in a wheelchair. And then you see the wheelchair. And then when he opens up his fucking guitar case, you see the picture of his wife. And it's while Scarlett Johansson's porcupine is singing a version of still haven't found what I'm looking for or something. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, I fucking hate everything that I'm seeing in this movie. And this, and for whatever reason, there's this song that plays in that fucking trailer like six times that I don't know. And it's all the only line I can pull from it is "There ain't no holding me back." And I'm like, wow, what an on the nose goddamn needle drop to just drop seven times in a two and a half minute trailer. I'm sorry, I rage blacked out screaming about Sing too. It's what yeah. we're here for. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but I agree yeah, that the, the space thing is kind of a letdown. I thought it was kind of cute that uh, they brought the the Tokyo Drift Boys back. I yeah. did. I was. Con- it seemed as almost as though they were trying to make a moment between Lucas Black and um, the girl who played L, who we haven't talked about. Oh, the young uh, yeah. Asian female. Yeah, yeah, Han's protege or person he saved or the person who's like somehow her dna is involved with the can you just imagine like if you were a first like you're a you're a secret agent right and you go through a whole thing and you save a child and your spy agency says well i guess she's your fucking problem now Mm -hmm. like they don't have enough they can't like give her a new name and send her to america to live with like an evangelical family who doesn't believe in the internet to keep her safe or something like you know no, let's they, keep they her with the guy who we are options. still running operations with. It's just so <laughs> fucking dumb. It's so dumb. And like she's the key to making the 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 orb made of triangles light up green so that we can then put it into a thing that will spin it around so that we can then upload via Wi-Fi to the satellite that we just launched into orbit. Why don't you hard link it? Why don't you have the, the goddamn software in the satellite before you launch it into space? 
Yeah. That would be a simple solution. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, I just wish it was like, I don't know, the fucking the like space scene with all the like moon. I feel like there's like a really unexpected action scene on the moon in Ad Astra. Like oh, that yeah. scene oh, is more yeah. exciting than this space sequence. And like that shouldn't be the case. Because it's fast, goddamn moon pirates, man. You don't know, expect the moon, moon, yeah, pirates. moon pirates. You don't that walk movie, into a movie. That movie rules. You don't walk into a movie directed by James <laughs> Gray called Ad Astra, a movie with a Latin title, and expect yeah. to see fucking moon pirates. I was beside myself in the movie theater when that shit was going on. Hooting and hollering. I, I I fell in love and and then died in heartbreak and then fell in love again throughout that entire scene. Just like oh, yeah. the, the, yeah. a lifetime of emotions of joy and sadness and wonder. Yeah, washed over I me. just wanted some moon pirate action in this. I, I don't know. That scene was again. It's just like this movie. This movie really like quadruples down on Roman and Tej dynamic, which like as someone who's seen all these movies in theaters now twice, um, like the Roman and Tej stuff, it's so funny because there are so many lines that are, I don't think they're intentionally written to get laughs, but they do in the audience while mm -hmm. these movies are playing. Like there's a Paul Walker line talking about Hobbes saying like, oh, this guy's Old Testament, blood bullets, like just a bunch of nonsense, like cliches. And like, that's the kind of shit I like. And um, this movie didn't, there's none of that here. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a real, it's a real bummer. I mean, like between, the space scene being weirdly like tethered to reality. Um, oh, yeah, and Bill, yeah. that car also has those electromagnets we love so much. No, fuck. That's right. Age. That's right. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, because it's supposed to launch or like attach itself to the uh, to the satellite. It's right? supposed to like. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is that like the electromagnets will either make you stick to something, make something mm -hmm. stick to you. They do or, whatever you need them to do. Yeah, or <laughs> the they'll movie. they'll short out all electronics. Yeah, or or or, or punch away. Well, right? so that's you the other that crazy thing. Times. I, now I am not an electromagnetician. I don't know what the word is. I'm not Walter White, but you can't take a magnet, reverse its polarity, and push something metal away. You can only push away another magnet. Another yes, correct. So yeah. is it Make your but, science out of here, Neil deGrasse? Now here's 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 what I will say: is you can use a magnet to magnetize something. Like there's a reason that if you put a paperclip on a magnet and then you put a paperclip against that paperclip, right? Then suddenly that paperclip is getting stuck to that other paperclip. So is what the movie positing that the things that are attached to the cars become magnetized, and then in rapidly changing the polarity they are forcing away the thing that is maintaining the charge of the electrons that were forced through in the first place. I think you thought about this more than anybody in the writers. Yes, did. absolutely. Like, yes. like all, all, all that would need is like a two minute sequence of them, like playing with the magnets and going, Whoa, look at this. This is crazy. Like all of right, a sudden, which like, they do it this a lot way, in the other ones boom. with like testing the cars, like, I forget which one it is where they're like just yeah, in the uh, car to see how fast it can go around. Right. I mean, like Fast Five yeah. does that. Yeah. Like yeah, fast, that, almost that, all of them do that. I mean, yeah. they have those stupid harpoons in the sixth one, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah. this is something we've been working on. It's nuts." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I was what I was saying earlier with um, 
the Tyrese and Tej thing, though, is like there's all these lines that do get laughs in the other ones that aren't the lines that are written as like Roman one liners and watching them in the theaters. It's so funny because all those stupid lines get laughs like Paul Walker's one I mentioned, but all the lines that are built for laughs get like just dead radio silence from the audience at these like stupid Roman one liners. And this movie gives us like more of that than ever. Mm-hmm. And um, I just like, it's just such diminishing returns and it's so, an- it just becomes annoying. Like Roman's whole thing is he's annoying. So like to have him yes. be a through line of the movie in a big way of like the self-awareness stuff, it just hurt it for me. It just all is like, just it doubles down on all the elements I don't like and like doesn't give me the elements I do like. So that's kind of that's where I land on this one, I guess. Yeah. This movie's just bad. And that's it's, and it's, yeah, I mean, unfortunately the more we talked about it, the more I think I've moved away from fun but like deeply flawed to this maybe just as bad. Yeah, I thought I would maybe enjoy it a little more today, but I definitely didn't. I just was like Yeah, there are parts of this that resemble the Fast and Furious franchise I like, but uh, for the most part, it feels it it, it oddly feels like imitation, despite the fact that it's everyone back and like the director I love coming back. And it's it's I'm I'm most of all surprised by how inept it feels as like a well-directed action movie that I expected it to be like in seven. You know, they do the um, they do the the uh, the jumping out of the building like the Burj Khalifa or whatever and they do the uh, that's the one where they parachute down a mountain right yes yeah I and like that's and there's there's some good stuff there like that's some fun like yeah, I remember my brother and I, I could name stuff my brother and I were like sitting in the literally the first row of a movie theater because we showed up late and this was in the age before uh reserve seating and we still like were stomping our feet in joy like watching all this nonsense happen and and then it, even in eight, you know, there was some fun stuff. Like I remember the the scene that I I riffed on where the he saves the baby from the airplane was was fun. Yeah, like that, that was there was that some is, humor that in is, that. That's genuinely a great like a a plus action sequence. Like it's yeah. inventive, it's funny, it's smart, and Statham pulls it off so well. And like the baby, like, you know, no shots at baby actors, but like that baby is fucking on point. Like given the best faces, like, you know, reacting yeah, the perfect way. Like yes. it's it's just so well pitched. It's it's everything that this franchise kind of wants to be in a way where it's like big and bombastic and silly and fun and it's like and then none of that in this film (laughs) yeah yeah it's a shame so so what were you gonna bring up brian oh just the fact that like there was nothing like that in this movie like all those things all the like in every other movie there was and like maybe the one time i got close was when they like threw a car at that guy Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the, the up, big henchman. Yeah, yeah. and just yeah. like, all right, yeah, well, that that takes care of him. I mean, it's just it's weird because like, I don't know, like the ridiculous stuff that they do. I think has either gotten it, it's it's hit the weird, uncanny valley of too ridiculous and also not ridiculous enough. Like they need to calibrate yeah. better on the next one. Like yeah. running into the, car, the 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 guy line, you know, for the bridge that's not there anymore, and then swinging the car. Like, yeah, you know, that's like, that's not okay. The kind of funny bullshit that I want to see, you know, also yeah. they treat that's, that is that is literally uh, Indiana Jones getting inside a refrigerator and ex- 
you know, surviving an, a nuclear explosion. Yeah. Like, that's that's just like, really? Like, yeah. this is You've what gone we're a doing? Too far. The, the other thing is, um, oh, I can't even remember what I was going to say now. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> damn it. It, it, it was, I was talking about the guy wire and they fly over and they land and everything and... Oh man, I had another point to make, and it's, now I can't remember what it is. And it's ridiculous. Add it and post. Yeah, if I remember, I'll like listen back on this and be like, "Oh right, that's what I was gonna say." Yes. But yeah, I mean, it's it's um, you know, the mine scene was a little fun. But yeah, I mean, it, that's it's a level of ridiculousness there that is just not. It's not really what I want, and and again, like I don't know who we're gonna keep moving between movie to movie. And it's just, it's kind of a bummer because I, I really do, I really do enjoy this series and I enjoy all these actors and it just is like, it, it feels like it's almost gotten too big and they need to start culling some stuff. Like I think well, bringing you, Mia in. to kill, they yeah, need to kill a, people off. They have like <laughs> Fast and Furious Apocalypse and just kill everybody. It would be really interesting. That'd be, that would work. That'd be fine. Except they, they they already burned that bridge because they keep bringing everybody fucking yeah, back. It would be like uh, whatever you call it, Avengers style. Like we're all dead. Uh, six months later, we're all back, baby. It's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's I, really I, bugging me that I, I can't just, remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> the second yeah. we stop, you'll remember it. It's okay. I will. I almost want to just say the exact same thing over again and, and see, see if, if I remember it, but mouth. it's not gonna work. Um. So I'm just, I'm just, uh, I can't do it. So yeah, does anyone have any final what thoughts? Is, what is, what is Michael Rooker doing in this movie? Yeah, He's I was going to say, fucking no, paid, I'm, all, man. I'm, I'm all for Michael Rooker showing up in this movie, but in the capacity that he does, my God, what a waste of Michael Rooker. Yeah. I just, I felt like that was just scraping the bottom of the barrel for doesn't him. Even, he just, doesn't even stink palm anybody. Like he he doesn't even get like good lines at all. Like, and it's and a everything, all, yeah. everything every time they show him, especially in the the initial flashback sequence, like he's half covered. He's got a hat pulled down really close onto his head, and then his hair is in his face the whole time. And you at first you're like, okay, I hear the voice, I know who that is, and you kind of look at him, and you're like. But you're not telling me that it's Michael Rooker. Like, like fucking show me his face. And they only finally do that when he's older. And I don't know if they were doing that because they were kind of maybe doing some CGI to his face and didn't quite get it right or whatever because they were supposed to make him look young. Like, just fucking put age makeup on him and make him look older now. Like, he can be an old man then. Like, what are we doing? I don't I don't understand how you have this guy that's just kind of like a fan favorite like even even people outside of this franchise are probably like oh yeah that fucking oh, guy Oh it's that guy. He's in a yeah. lot of those things that I love. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like yes, he is and he's great and he's good in everything and he's fucking nothing in this entire movie. And you're just like what what was the point of that? I don't I don't know. Like that's that's just an encapsulation of this entire fucking movie is just like it just doesn't know what it's doing with itself. It just keeps expanding. It keeps getting bigger, and it's just gotten to a point where I just I just want to take a a pin and just pop its bubble and just go. 
quit giving me these things because I'm I'm starting to become unhappy with them. <laughs> Michael Rooker has had quite a career. Hell yeah. I'm just, I just started looking through it and I'm just like, wow, this guy really has been in like one of everything. Anyway, any final thoughts on this movie before we wrap it up? Um, I hope they do better next time. As do I. So, oh. so are they going to do Jurassic? Is is that it, honestly? Like- it was hilarious to like see the Jurassic World preview specifically before this movie because like it happens after all the other previews and like right before the movie starts. So for a second, yeah, everyone's heard, like, I, uh, is this about to be a fucking crossover <laughs> for a second? Yeah. Everyone got really excited, but it was, so what would know, the crossover name? Like, Oh God, fast Jurassic park. Like, let, let's not overthink it. it. It would just be titled Vin Diesel battles. Yeah. T-Rex. Vin, Dom Toretto versus the dinosaurs. Or Dom versus the Indominus. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Indominus, Dom, Dom, Indominus Dom, Toretto. Dom, yes. Dom dominates Dominus. Yeah, they're gonna have to build some sort of Dominic Triple Toretto. D. Uh, like a, like a <laughs> kaiju a kaiju Dominic Toretto to fight. Dominic uh, to Toretto Dominus sees Rex. the Indominus Rex and they like, you know, have a moment and then like, you know, something happens and they're separated and it's like I saw the way you looked at that thing. What is he? He's like, there's my DNAs in that thing. It's my brother. Yeah, I was about to say it's gonna be his brother yeah, or something. It's my brother. <laughs> It's technically my brother because just, our, we share DNA. I don't know. All, all, all he needs to do is just make a Voltron out of out of the fucking cars. And then it's just like, oh, okay, man, we're we really on to something here. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah. stop talking and chat offline so we can make our make our <laughs> pitch, our uh, our spec script. I, I, I do. I do remember that my pitch for the next Jurassic Park movie was jurassic park in space right the the dinos in space and i just wanted dinos in space and in like little astronaut suits except they would be I love gigantic that. gigantic well, astronaut suits but yeah i have i hope dominion's good if only because i didn't enjoy fallen kingdom and i think fallen kingdom ended exactly where i wanted the entire movie to be so i'm sure. hoping that the next one it seems I, like the whole premise is like, look at these dinosaurs. I hated Fallen Kingdom so much. And I'm one it's of the people hundred, who like yeah. still stands up for Jurassic World. Yeah. I mean, Fallen Kingdom, it's it sounds on paper like my fate. It would be like my favorite. It's like it's a haunted house movie, basically, with, um, you know, dinosaurs in it. But it's just it was so boring. I don't even remember it at all. But uh, I'm sure I'll rewatch it before Dominion. I, so I Michael Rooker it. is going to be in a movie. <laughs> A TV movie, apparently, called The President is Missing. Mm-hmm. And it stars Anne Dowd as the president, which is cool. Would you like to guess who wrote the book that this movie is based on? I have no idea. I'll oh give God. you a hint. It's a former president. Oh, it's the Bill Clinton? It is the Bill Clinton novel, yes. Oh, like The President is Missing or something? Yeah, that's what it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bill Clinton Great and James title. Patterson got together and wrote a novel, and it's called The President is Missing. <laughs> he sure is. That's a BoJack uh, Horseman right? joke. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Ann Dowd is in it. Character actress Ann Dowd. Character actress Ann Dowd, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this has been fun. Uh, we, we, you know, the more we talk, the less I like the movie, but that's fine because I still enjoyed talking about it. Um, what are we talking about next okay. week, Bill? Do you know? Robin always knows. Uh, give me one second and I'll look it up. 
<laughs> all right. Well, while he's doing that, oh, let, uh, we're we're off next week. But, oh shit! Uh, really? The yeah, July fourth. Uh, <laughs> but we will be doing Zola. We're not going to oh, talk about the Tomorrow about? War. I've seen Zola, but I haven't seen the Tomorrow War. The Tomorrow War is that is that the Chris pa- uh, Pratt? It's the movie? Chris yeah. Pratt, Sam Richardson, Mike Mitchell movie. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. The Tomorrow War. Who is this directed by? Chris McKay. Do I know that man? Oh, man. Chris McKay. Not to be confused. Oh, he directed the Lego so, Batman movie. So, oh, so okay. Zola, Zola is this this Twitter thread Twitter movie? Twitter thread movie. Yeah, really? It's not, Bill, it's you didn't not remember great. It? It's not great. No, I don't remember that. I don't know. I mean, with the I, source I material of a Twitter thread, how could it not be? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to leave you with this, that it has the weirdest penis I've ever seen on screen. Oh, sweet. Really? Even outside a nymphomaniac? Uh, I yeah yes. All right, interesting. Okay. I'll, I'm, I'm if you agree. E- I'm eager I'm sure to your see this. Will want to know if penis. you agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Inquisiting minds want to know. All right, so we're off next week. Hurrah! Um, and uh, we'll be back to talk Zola uh, the week after that. So that's fun. Anyway, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Film Stage Show. Uh, don't forget to go to mubi.com/slash/filmstage for a free 30-day trial of Mubi, where you can see that Petzl retrospective, as well as Princess Sid. And the original Bad Lieutenant, M-U-B-I.com, slash film stage. And, of course, uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash the film stage show to give us your money. So let's tell the fine people at home where it can be found between now and the next time that we are in their ears. And let's begin with our guest. Brett, where can people find your work online? Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Brett Redacted. And you can find my opinions on movies like The Fast and the Furious 9, but mostly horror movies. This week, we're talking The Forever Purge on the New Flesh podcast. My co-host is Jesse Hassinger, who is a freelance film critic who writes for AV Club and other places. And there's an ambulance going by. I don't know if you hear that, but uh, that's my plug. New Flesh podcast um, and me on Twitter, Brett Redacted. Um. Yeah, uh, so have you seen The Forever Purge already? Yes, I saw it the last night. I've heard less than uh, complimentary things about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I would say it's like no worse or no better than any of the other sequels. Um, It's just... It has has really inspired moments that make it frustrating that it's not firing on that level the whole time. And it... uh, you know this movie these fr- this franchise is just too cheap for me to get much out of it like i just want like practical gore and this movie just doesn't care about any of that it just is like cgi bullet holes is all you get sir um hmm. so i don't know and like you know it paints with such a broad brush for, with like it's not so subtle commentary that uh you know it's all pretty surface level and not very trenchant but uh if you enjoy these movies you will enjoy this one it's more of the same yeah i just remember being like oh that's an interesting premise oh that's what they did with it nah (laughs) yeah well that's funny because that's how i feel i I felt that way five times now (laughs) because (laughs) it's the fifth time that they've taken a premise so great and made like a diet john carpenter movie for some reason like (laughs) they're they're not they're not super compelling. I heard the ones with Grillo at least were like fun action movies. Yeah, the first one with Grillo is the most like this is a John Carpenter movie and he is he gives it his all and makes it worthwhile. Uh but yeah, I just rewatched them all ahead of the new one and none of them 
surprisingly the first one which i thought in the, in in the past was the worst one is actually my favorite one in hindsight <laughs> it's well, something about good. the like yeah something about the like it's so quaint it just has like such small <laughs> ambitions it's like this is a home invasion movie whereas every other sequel's like america's fucked up <laughs> <laughs> yep all right well that's awesome so check that out bill graham where can people find your stuff online uh, you can find me on the dangerous streets of Dallas outrunning uh, delivery trucks in my Veloster Inn uh, over at Twitter at CableBFG. And you can also find me uh, mixing it up on the Slack channel. As for me, uh, you can also find me on the Slack channel. Uh, you can find my personal site, BrianJRowan.com. Uh, you can follow me on all of the social medias at BrianJRowan. Um, and of course, you can find my writing at thefilmstage.com, as well as every single episode of this year's podcast. I also want to shout out, it was on my friend Ryan McNeil's podcast, The Matinee, uh, and you can check that out over at thematinee.ca. I was talking about Luca, because I have seen that movie like 40 times, and so when someone needs <laughs> someone to talk about Luca, I am there to talk about Luca. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time. <laughs>